Hello and welcome back, everybody, for another episode of Bases Loaded. Bases Loaded is a fantasy baseball podcast, and I'm your host, Mike Curlin. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore Curlin. And today, I'm rolling solo. I don't know, man. I just was in the mood to talk some baseball, decided to hop on. And this is going to be episode 18, and I'm basically going to review the top 50 in Roto Leagues, specifically, um, at the moment. I'm gonna, I was just looking through it, and there are a lot of surprising names, but there are a few names here I'm going to just kind of highlight, discuss if I'm buying or selling at this time, and kind of go from there. I think we're just going to jump right in. At number three is Tim Anderson. Well, first off, Bellinger's number one. I'm buying that he's a post-hype breakout, essentially. I mean, he, this is what we expected from last year. He's made a, uh, he's made some good, some solid changes in his game and to his approach. I think – I'm not saying he's going to be the number one hitter. I'm just buying the breakout that we're seeing. And I think I was a little wrong on him coming into the year. I wasn't a huge fan of targeting him, targeting him in drafts. And I can say that I was a little wrong on him. I'm not going to admit – I'm not going to lie about that. I have him in one or two leagues, that, and I think – like I said, when that's for me, that's not a lot. That's 10% of my leagues. But I don't know. I think I think there's some legitimacy to it. Again, I'm not saying he's going to finish first overall, but I do I'm, – I'm buying into Bellinger and his breakout. Now, back to what I was about to say, uh, going to say beforehand was number three in Tim Anderson. I kind of brushed over him in our Buy Low, Sell High episode recently. I'm definitely not buying into this fast start. Although the steals are nice, and if you really need steals, he's definitely worth uh, grabbing. But we know what Tim Anderson is by now. He is a 250 hitter, roughly, give or take. A little bit of pop, a little bit of speed. Oh. And he always had, like, 30 still upside or better. And he already has 10 steals on the season. So – if you need the steals, I would go out and get them. I would or see what see what it would cost again because right now he is ranked third. That could be a little expensive, but at the end of the day, again, he was a, he's a sell high, but at the same time, he has value because he does steal bases. The home runs, that's tough to call because right now we're dealing with a juiced ball, possibly like never before. So a player like this can gain value. Because we has he has the solid steel floor, but now he's going to provide a little more home run uh, upside than you were expecting. So there might be some legitimacy to it. I just I don't know. I have a hard time buying into him. I'm kind of on the fence, leaning towards definitely. I'm, I'm more of a saw high on him if you can. But again, it's hard. Steals are hard to come by in Roto right now, so it might be worth just holding on to. Now, number six. Alberto Mondesi. Uh, anybody who's listened to some of my previous podcasts or beginning of the season stuff, I was just not in on Mondesi. And I'm still not. <laughs> Maybe, okay, this one, he's obviously ranked sixth right now. So it's really difficult to uh, to defend myself, but I'm going to try. I'm selling it. I'm not – I'm definitely not – I'm not buying into his his hot start. The steals are definitely – and his high batting average are definitely carrying his ranking. He only has four home runs. 
And that's odd because with power numbers up across the board, for him not to be hitting a little more for power was surprising, especially when everybody was expecting, you know, 20 to five, 20 to 25 home runs. He still might hit that because, you know, we have a, another, what, five months left in the season. But at the end of the day, I don't – I'm not sure he'll get there. But the, And the steals are definitely there. He has 10 steals. But I, you just look at some of his advanced metrics, and you pull up his uh, baseball savant page. His hard hit rate is is below league average. It's actually down from last year. His K rate is roughly the same as last year. His walk rate is up. That's encouraging. That's going to help his steals for sure. But the guy's hitting 295. His expected batting average is 256. His Woba is 355. His expected his expected Woba is 335. His expected slugging is 424, and his current slugging is 533. He's out. He's overperforming or outperforming his uh, underlying metrics. It's. I mean. Yeah, I mean, his heart rate, his his hard hit rate is down. Medium contact was up a bit, which isn't good for him because he can't beat those. Uh, he can't beat out medium hit uh, hit hits usually. But his soft contact is up, and people think that's a bad thing. But for a speedy for a speedy guy like him, someone who relies on their speed heavily, having a soft contact rate as as high as his is at twenty percent isn't necessarily bad because those are a lot of soft hit hits that are leading to uh, soft hit balls that are leading to base hits. More reasons why I'm just not buying it. His O swing is actually up from last year. This is a guy who's already – he's an aggressive hitter. His zone rate – so his so before I jump to zone rate, his O swing is at 41%. That's a 4% increase already, which suggests he's swinging at more pitches outside the zone and chasing more. His O contact is up. So he's chasing more and he's hitting more of those pitches which is probably why his soft contact is up. And I'm guessing he's just beating a lot of those out or something because, again, his speed plays, so a lot of it – he'll sustain some of that. But when you're, swinging, when you're swinging at more pitches outside the zone and you're making more of that contact, just bad, bad hits are going to come from it or bad contacts going to come from it. And you have, he has to really hope that he can beat out those hits. And – Pitchers are starting to realize they don't throw him in the zone. His zone rate has gone down. He's seeing less and less. He's seeing less pitches than last year in the zone already. His pull rate is up a little bit, and he's hitting the ball more. And he's hitting a little more opposite field. So he's still kind of an all fields hitter. I mean, but some there are some encouraging things for him. He's hitting less ground balls, more fly balls, and his line drive rate has increased. That line drive rate is is pretty elite. I don't know if I'm buying it at that point. I think there's going to be some regression there. All in all, his aggressive nature, and like I said, with some of his expected stats lower than they currently are, there's definitely – I think there's some regression coming his way. He also has a 368 bad bit. I think he's – I mean, even last year when he had that awesome second half, his bad bit was only 335. So expect some regression there as well. All in all, I think I might be wrong on him at the end of the season because he's—I still think he might, or most likely, will end up being top fifty, a lot, and it largely due to just his stolen bases alone. But I just, as far as everything else, the power numbers, the batting average—I expect that to decline. And I'm just, again, I'm just—I'm just not a modesty guy, I guess. I mean, even in Roto and. I don't know. I just—I'm not buying it. I think there's some regression coming his way and. That's that.
Uh, again, there's a lot of names in this top 50. I, I really like what I've seen. Glass now, Luis Castillo, Caleb Smith, who I'm writing an article about once I'm done with this podcast today, so I won't talk about him too much. That would ruin the article. Kirby Yates at 14. He has 14 saves. I don't think anybody saw that coming. That mean that quickly. I mean, Yates was top of my head, what, top 12 closer maybe? 14, 15 closer. He's looked great this year. A name that does stick out to me that I'm surprised he's up this high is Joey Gallo. Now, Gallo, on the other hand, I think I'm buying. Not, I don't think he's going to be top 20, but I'm definitely buying into what I'm seeing. His stat cast data is just off the charts. You you go to his you go to his uh savant baseball swap page. He's in the hundredth percentile for exit velocity, ninety eighth percentile for x woba, ninety ninth percentile for x slugging, seventy sixth percentile for x x batting average, and his hard hit rate is in the ninety ninth percentile. This guy is tearing the absolute cover off the ball. He currently has eleven home runs, twenty six RBIs. He has no steals. He he'll chip in a few here and there, but he's not a huge stolen base guy. But he's hitting for two at a two sixty four average and a six ninety two slugging percentage with a three ninety eight OBP. His expected batting average is even better at two eighty one, and his ex, and his expected slugging percentage is seven fifty two. He has a weighted on base average or woba of four forty four, which is top three percent in the league. And his expected his his expected woba is actually even better at 476, which is top two percent in the league. Now, some things contributing to all this: his hard hit rate is an astounding 63 percent. This this juice ball is really seriously. It's somebody like him is really benefiting from it. His K percentage is actually improved. It's still an alarming 33.6 percent, which is really really high, but. It's 2% better than last year, and his walk rate is up from what was already a good 12.8% to 18.6%. He's, like I said, when I said tearing the cover off the ball, he has he's in, he has a exit velocity of – an average exit velocity of 97.9 miles per hour and a barrel rate of 31.5%. This is absolutely ridiculous is what this guy's doing right now. and. Reason why I'm buying into it is because the improvements in walk rate and K rate are really noticeable. And when someone, you know, those types of changes suggest he he has a better, more patient approach at at the plate. Not to mention his line drive rate went from 20% last year to 27.8% this year. That is an elite line drive rate. There's going to be some regression there because, again, that's that's like really high level line drive rate. Because he's pulling the ball more than ever somehow at 57.4%. So that explains a lot of the power gains. But his hard contact and medium contact, again, his hard contact is through the roof. Medium contact is solid. And he's not. And his soft contact is as low as 7%, 7.4% actually. His infield fly balls are down. No, they're oh, – oh, yeah, sorry. His infield fly balls are down. They're actually down almost half from 11.7% to 4.5%. So he's rarely popping the ball up. He is hitting more grounders and less fly balls, oddly enough, but that's that's a gain in his line drive rate. And for him, a line drive could go over the fence, especially in Arlington. His home run the fly ball rate is 50% right now, 
<laughs> that is uh, that's coming down. That's not going to sustain. But man, um, but more reasoning why I'm buying it is because if you look at some of his uh, plate discipline, the guy has a 23.6% O swing. That is really good, and that's down almost. That's roughly a nine percent. That's down almost nine percent since last year. That shows that he's not chasing nearly as much. Pitchers are still throwing him in the zone about the same at a 38.8% clip. But it, and because, again, he's chasing less. And he's even, even his Z-swing, which is swinging at pitches in the zone, even that's down. It's funny because he's swinging. So he's swinging less. He's not chasing as many pitches outside the zone. He's not, chasing, he's not necessarily swinging at every pitch in the zone. But his Z-contact is up. So when he does swing, it suggests that he's making more contact when he actually does swing, which is probably provide why, his, why he's uh, – getting better contact on the ball because he's being more selective and he's hitting the pitches he actually swings at. Swinging strike rate is down for – it's been it's been coming down for three straight years now, from 19.2% in 2017 to 184 last year to 162 right now. Again, further suggesting that he's being more – he's having more discipline at the plate and being more patient. All in all, again, his expected batting average was over 280. I don't see that necessarily happening. But if we if we're talking, we always I think everyone always says if Joey Gallo can hit 220, he'd be in for a heck of a year. I think 240 is actually realistic. He's off to a really good start. He's it's it's suggested it's suggested he's supposed to be doing better. I, there is going to be some regression coming his way, but all in all, I think this might be the year that Gallo finally keeps that batting average somewhat respectable and really provides solid value for fantasy owners. And I'm not a Gallo guy, never have been. And I'm, I like what I see. I mean, like I said, right now he's currently ranked 16th in Roto Leagues. And i got to admit, I, I'm, I'm buying it to a point. Now, if you go down a little more, I'm looking at Luke Voigt, another guy. He's at 19. Another guy that I wasn't huge on coming into the preseason. But – when you look at his stuff, it's similar. I mean, he's showing good plate discipline, good walk rates, good K rates. He's just all in all been solid, and the t- he's been proving his worth while the Yankees have been uh, the Yankees have been you know struggling with injuries. The guy has a 14.2% walk rate, a 23.1% K rate, both of which are improvements on last year. He has nine home runs. He's not going to steal bases. That's not his thing. He's making solid, you know, medium and hard contact. His line drive rate is through the roof at 33%. That's actually up from 28% last year, both of which are really high. So he's hitting he's hitting same amount of ground balls, a few less fly balls, but the fly balls are he's he's actually trading some fly balls for some line drives. He has zero infield fly balls so far, so he's not popping the ball up at all. So he's making solid contact, hang line drives, and in Yankee Stadium. You hit a good hard line drive, it's going over the fence. He's, uh, his home run for fly ball rate is 36% right now. He has some, you know, really good – he is another one with some – showing some good underlying metrics. I mean, his O-swing is only 25.9%, which is an improvement from last year. Swinging strike rate is down about 1.5%. His contact percentages are up. This guy is just another one that – I wish I got more of. I only have a couple shares. I actually just traded for him in a dynasty league. Gave up Matt Manning for him. 
Andujar might be a little bit of a concern for playing time because Andujar, with the shoulder, he might be playing some first base. But I don't think the Yankees can replace Voight right now. Not the way he, he's he's earned he's earned his spot, and his X stats are supporting him. Mean, he's hitting 277 with a 545 slugging, and his expected batting average is 287 with a and his expected slugging is a 628. I mean the guy. He has a 21% barrel rate, which is in line with last year. He has a exit velocity at 92 miles per hour. He's just, like I said, he's been solid. And there's no reason to suggest that he can't, that this isn't real. He's another guy I'm buying into in the top 50. Not necessarily finishing top 20 right now where he's at, but he's definitely a guy that has provided great draft day value. And you're going to continue to reap those rewards, I believe. Going down a little bit more, we're at, we have Pete Alonso at 22, DeJong at 23. Pete Alonso I've spoken about before. I do like him rest of the season. I think he's going to be solid. He's already kind of kind of slowing down. His batting average over the last two weeks is 244. Over the last month is 269. So he's starting to cool down, which I think the Mets as a whole have. But the power is real. He's I think he's, he can hit 30-35 easily. You might see, again, the batting average is starting to drop, so temporary expectations. He's currently ranked 22, but I think there's – I think, there's, again, there's going to be some regression, and I wouldn't I – wouldn't, we're panic. I wouldn't go out and sell or anything. I mean, I did say sell high, so I wouldn't just say I wouldn't go out and sell. I still think he's a sell high, but that sell high window might be closing on you, if he, especially if these uh, batting average woes continue, because with power up and if he's not providing any positive in batting average – He's still a great draft day value, but he's going to lose some trade value. DeJong, he's a guy that I had very low expectations of coming in. I was getting him just as a just as a draft day, just as a, a power option at the end of drafts. He's also another one showing some really interesting things. His, his exit velo is actually pretty low, all things considered, at 88%, but it, it's pretty much in line with last year, but his heart rate, his heart hit rate is up from last year. His K percentage is way down. That's the big thing. He's not striking out nearly as much. He's it's almost 8% uh, lower at 17.2%. And his walk rate is roughly the same at 7.5%. His barrel rate is up. He's another one. His batting average is 336. Now his expecting batting average is only 310, but he's still, his, it's still supporting. Obviously he's getting a little lucky. And his expected slugging is five to seventy-four, and right now it's five ninety. So there, he is getting some luck, but I think some of it is sustainable. And I do think he's he's going to continue to be a solid player. I like him rest of season, honestly. I still think, and I don't think a lot of people are that high on him. I think the Dijon can provide solid value, and it's just shortstop is so deep that it's hard to really sell high on him, you're better off riding him out. And I'm all about him the rest of the season. I think he's going to be solid. And he costs you nothing this draft season. So that's been a pleasant surprise for me. I have a, I have a few shares. Um, 24 is Paddock. We talked about him the other night on the on the uh, episode. We, I, I th- we as a Podcasts really believe in Paddock. They think he's going to be solid all year, but that innings limit's really going to put a drag on his value. Grinky at 25. 
kind of surprising considering his rough start, but it just goes to show you you can't overreact. He's he's being Zach Greinke. Uh, Mankata is starting to fall a little bit in the rankings. I mean, that doesn't – and he was a sell high for me in our sell high episode, by low sell high episode. I think he's still going to have a decent year. He still has the, the high uh, – the high – Prospect the top prospect pedigree and all that good stuff. I think he, like I said, I think he's, he is starting to cool down a little bit. Last the last two weeks, he has one home run, batting two fifty with nine runs and four RBIs. It was to be expected. He couldn't hit three fifty, wherever it was, all year. So I'm I'm indifferent about Mankata. If I had to say top fifty rest of the season, I might be selling that idea. I'm not. A, I'm, I'm not. I've never been. I'm not a huge Moncada guy, and I'm okay with being wrong on that. Just like I'm okay with being wrong on Mondesi, but I don't think I'm wrong on Mondesi. I refuse to. <laughs> I refuse to believe that part. Uh, Abreu at 29. He's really been coming around lately. Hoskins at 30. I think he's. Man, he's legit. I think he's gonna be legit this year. I think he's gonna be super solid, super safe, high floor guy. He's in. He's in a great spot in that lineup. Great lineup protection. He sees a lot. He sees lots of pitches. He always has people on for him to hit in. I think he's gonna. I think top fifty is within his. Uh, is it within his reach? There's no reason not to believe it. Whip Merrifield right behind him at 31. Yeah, that's that makes sense. Power a little bit. Of power a little bit. Of speed batting average. I like Whip Merrifield a, a whole lot. I start coming around on him later in draft season, so I only have a couple shares. Maybe even only one, which I wish I had more, just because he's safe. I think he's a safe, solid, high floor guy. Gets you some steals, a little bit of power, runs, and batting average. The only thing that he hurts in is RBIs because he hits one or two in that lineup, and the lineup's not that great. Let's keep going here. Trout at 32. He's going to just get better when Otani and Upton come around. But I mean, he's 32, and he has six home runs, four steals, batting 300. <laughs> and again, when he has Otani and Upton back in the lineup, his production should improve. More runs scored, better pitches to see because he, again, he's gonna have some lineup protection finally. Better things ahead. A couple guys I'm not really buying into right here in this range. For some reason, I just can't get behind Max Fried. I don't know what it is or why. He was a former like. He was a former top prospect, if I remember correctly, and he was like really touted at one point, and then kind of just fell off and. I don't know what it is. I don't even think I really have a reason. Just for some reason I'm having a hard time believing in Max Fried. I I don't have him in any leagues. I haven't really followed him that much, to be honest. Let's take a little quick look. Strand rate of 86.8%. That's a little high, so there's going to be some regression there. A big thing for me is his K per nine is only 7.75 uh, Ks per nine, so that's not great. He's better in points leagues, but he's doing pretty good. In, uh, I mean, because I guess his, low, his ERA is only 2.11. His FIP and XFIP are both 3.38, so it suggests he's, you know, getting a little lucky, but still a low three ERA if that's what he turns into. That's still solid. I just think, I mean, four wins is definitely carrying his uh, his ranking higher. And I think that's really, I mean, not much really stands out. Otherwise, his swinging strike rate is actually lower than last year, so he's getting less swinging strikes. I think he's just inducing a ton of weak contact, or medium contact, actually. 
Sierra of 3.68. So, yeah, there's a lot of indicators to suggest, obviously, he's been a little lucky. But nonetheless, he's been really good for your fantasy teams. And ride him out or sell high. But I I think he's overperforming and he's – and he's 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 performing way better than he ever has in the past. So let's see. Oh, let's look into him a little more. Brooks Baseball is a really good place for your pitching uh, information. Let's see what he's been doing pitching pitch mix wise. Oh, he did introduce. It looks like he introduced a slider this year. That's a tangible change. Nonetheless, he added a slider, dropped the usage of his changeup. His four seamer is still heavily utilized and his curveball is still solid, uh, pretty heavily utilized as well. So the biggest change is he added a slider, dropped a change up. That's interesting. I mean, there's tangible change that could be reasoning for the good, uh, the solid start. Let's take a look at results and averages of these pitches. His slider. Oh yeah. So he's throwing it a little, he's not throwing it that much, but when he does, throw, he only has a, 67 batting average, 0.067 batting average against on his slider. Uh, Yeah, the the changeup absolutely getting crushed. That definitely explains why he's not throwing it as much. It's getting hit to a tune of 667 on the year. Curveball, his curveball and slider are are really his bread and butter as far as, like, his breaking pitches. His slider, he he has, like I said, a 0.67 – Sorry, a .067 batting average against. And his curveball has a .119 batting average against. His four-seamer, it gets hit pretty decently. I mean, nothing special at two at a .256 batting average against. But nonetheless, it looks like he's getting away from his changeup because his changeup gets crushed. His fastball is okay, but his his slider and his, definitely his curveball. He loves his curveball. It's the second most thrown pitch, and he's getting really good results with it right now. So. Again, we'll see. I mean, we'll see how it continues. A lot of his underlying numbers suggest some regression coming his way, but I don't know. I have our time again. I have our time just buying in because of like, I don't know. He's burned me in the past. He's never really lived up to expectations. So, and some of his underlying metrics suggest regression. Kind of gonna just avoid. And going down the list to the top fifty. One last, uh, so like I said, so real quick on Freed, I'm selling. I'm not really buying into that that uh, current hot streak he's running through. I could be wrong, but I'm just not. It's not that exciting to me. But one of the last guys I'm going to mention here that's really that stand out to me as someone I'm really buying into in this top 50 is Victor Robles. He's ranked 49th, and he I feel like he's just been quietly killing it this year. I mean, even last this last week, he's only hitting 192 this last week, but he has two home runs and two stolen bases. He was a five-category uh, five producer or projected five-category producer coming out of the minors. He was supposed to be – I mean, he was supposed to be up before Juan Soto, and he's proving to be every bit worth of what you paid for him draft, in draft season. He's been nothing but solid, and when you can get a guy like that at his price, he's one of the rookies that are – he was going after Eloy, after Vlad, and there's a chance in, in fantasy he's more valuable than Vlad this year because of those stolen bases. He can, I could see him hitting close to the same average, less power, of course, but, I mean, when you look at Roto Leagues, 
Vlad, you can't Vlad doesn't steal a single base or won't steal more than a handful, I should say. And Robus, he's been good. He's hitting top of the lineup, at least lately. That might change when Turner returns, but I think all in all, I'm buying Robus. I think he's gonna be good the rest of the year, and I don't think it's far fetched to say that he's gonna outproduce uh, Vlad the rest of the season. That might be a hot take. I don't think it is. I mean, again, especially uh, particularly in Roto Leagues and Points Leagues, I would say I would say Vlad over Robles. But I was looking at Roto standings. But there you have it, guys. A quick podcast, just something to wet the whistle. I was just I, – I woke up this morning feeling the need to get something out there. Uh, this was just a quick touch, a quick overview of the top 50 in Roto Leagues uh, as, of, as of May, let's say May 2nd. There were some, obviously, there were some other names. I, I could have gone – I could have, there were so many names that weren't expected to be there. I could have been – this could have been a three-hour podcast. But I highlighted a few names, did a couple deep dives, and I figured that some names were worth mentioning. So, hope you guys enjoyed it. Again, you can follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore Curland. Bases Loaded podcast. You can follow us on Twitter there and on Instagram at Bases Loaded Pod. Don't forget my co-hosts, George and Zach. You can follow them as well at jmonsters90 and at BravZ. So, yeah, guys, again, thank you for listening, and talk to you soon. <laughs>